ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 60, proudly hosted by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. Seems like we just started yesterday, and yet here we are on number episode 60. The number 60 is associated with family and close friends. And on tonight's episode, we add to our Wanderings family as Odie and Mariana from Project Renegade join us to discuss their latest album, Order of the Minus. You can find my album review at breakthefourth.com. Spoiler alert, it's really good. Who knew that there was such a thriving music scene in Greece? But Project Renegade, Ben for Eleven, and Before Sunday are refreshing new entries on my playlist. Hopefully tonight's episode will shed some light on some amazing music and the Greek music scene. I'm your host, Foggy, and with me as always is Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy Ben Time, it's Metalhead Monday. Great to be back. Hope everybody's doing well. It is awesome to have you back. Um, for those who don't know, Metalhead was out for two weeks, dealing with a lot of issues with the family, and um, we are so excited to have him back. And also joining us is Mr. L. Ray himself, Joe Wright. Hey, everybody. Good to see you, Metalhead. Good to see you back. Good to be back with everybody. And um, I'm excited because we have two awesome guests. We have Odie and Mariana from Project Renegade. Welcome, guys. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. Thanks for having us. It and is. Thanks, uh, thanks very much for the album review. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that was literally an in-depth review. I mean, we were like, you spent some time there. <laughs> Well, I can say when you, it's easy to review something that you really like and um, you don't mind putting in the time and, and saying things about it. And it's the same thing on the show when we're not excited about the record reviewing, you know, it's kind of a chore, but when you like it, it's pretty fun. So I had a really good time with the record. No, we, we, we are very humbled by it. We always appreciate when, you know, when people take time to really dive into the music because, you know, it's, uh, it's, Kind of a lost art if you ask me people just tend to listen to music right now you know just they put stuff whether it's you know heavy music or you know pop music or whatever just to be in the background and it's not their first priority and that's something that you know drives me crazy when that happens <laughs> i need to take my time man i need to dive into the lyrics i need to dive into the composition and all of that and i just i felt that in that re in that review so thank you so much i really we really appreciate that yeah well, you are welcome, and I can't wait to talk about it. And I know the guys, uh, we all put some questions together, so uh, most of it is album-related. But before we get there, if you guys could just, I know you formed in 2014, but talk a little bit about the formation of the band, how you guys got together, and then picking the other uh, musicians. Okay. Um, uh, Audie and I know each other for like... Uh... 20 years, no, not 20 years, 15 years, something like okay. that. We, we, we met each other when we were 16, 16 years old. Yeah, we were in a band together back then, you know, the usual jamming and doing the cover songs and going to the battle of the bands kind of band, you know, that team, the team uh, band. And um, in 2014, we decided that we wanted to do something, you know, like more in a more professional way and to um, express our feelings and uh, give our message through our music. And um, that's how we, we started the band, uh, Project Renegade, because we wanted not just, you know, jam with our friends or um, do another cover song or, you know, like 
go to a small you know venue and play for our friends we want to do something that will have you know an impact to the world we want to share our message with the world and that's the most important thing for us and uh, back in 2014 we were actually only uh, me and Odi. yeah uh, we had, you know, some um, problems finding the the final uh, members, the the final lineup that we have right now, as usual, I think, uh, with all of the bands. Uh, but uh, we were very headstrong, and uh, that uh, brought that brings us to 2017, that we uh, managed to release our first EP called Cerebra. And uh, two years later, uh, in, uh, on October 31st, 2019, we uh, released our first full-length album, Order of the Minus. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody want to jump in there? Uh, yeah, I actually had a question about Cerebra. Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, it's you. a pretty, pretty good intro to the band, you know, just three songs. Um, the, uh, the song, One of the Crowd... Um, yeah. you know, I listened to that and it's a great song. I listened to the lyrics. It seems to be kind of about, um, like not fitting in or being proud to be your own person and individuality and all of that. Um, can you guys speak a little bit about how, how that is in Greece? Like, uh, how Greece, like normal, not, no, I say normal. I mean, like everyday mainstream people treat like heavy music and the the music itself. People that dress in like band shirts and that kind of thing. How 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 does that go over in Greece? Um, it is getting better, but uh, you know, for the most part, it goes like uh, it has a certain type of formula where you know. Uh, you get the, you know, you get the peer pressure from school, you know, where uh, all of a sudden, you know, some people are following a certain trend and then you're kind of left out on your own and people don't understand you. And, you know, it also comes with music and music kind of, you know, also shapes your behavior. So it's not only about heavy music. It's uh, mainly in Greece, it's about... Um, how should I point this out? Um, I feel because, you know, um, I'm working as a teacher and I'm seeing all those things that, you know, uh, people that on when they are, you know, 17 to 18, when they become, you know, young adults, they still don't have a, they still don't approach life with a critical way of thinking. You know, they just absorb and they just accept without filtering anything. And, so if you are like you know the dude that listens to those demonic bands <laughs> that scream all the time and they're pissed off mm -hmm. it's they don't dive into you know well why you know well why does he listen to aggressive music why does he uh like this band they do not use the power of the question so much they're like oh this guy says that this guy is that so i believe this guy because i like this guy therefore this guy is that to me also um also it's uh in you know as you progress and you become older and older you see that we do this this thing and it's a very greek thing where it's like this it's a condescending stance of you know 
uh, yeah, well, you know, if that's what you like, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm not judging, but you can clearly see <laughs> from the body language that they're <laughs> they judging, are. you know. And that's something yeah. that I, I've never actually seen um, in other countries that, you know, that condescending body language. They can be like, oh, you know what? I'm not into that, but, you know, good for you. And they feel that. They actually feel this way. And you're like, well, okay, cool. That's, that's nice that we are different, but we understand each other. Uh, in Greece, they do they do want this, you know, um, everyone to be just, you know, this giant mass of people that, you know, go in the same way and follow the same trends. And God, my pup, my pup is going crazy right now. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, talking about our you're revolution. Talking, talking about yeah, you're our talking revolution about, right here. <laughs> so you're talking about like uniformity. Yeah. They want uniformity. Yeah, they do that, and they tend to yeah. be people that stuck, uh, that are stuck in old ways of thinking, and that yeah. comes down to to education, which is, I think, for the most part, the main problem in our country. We don't, we've never evolved uh, our, you know, laws of education, our goals of education, and in school we tend to uh, we tend to learn the same things the same way, which is just memorization and memorization and never critic anything never question anything just learn that shit and move on uh can i swear excuse my language <laughs> yeah. you're, you're all good oh, yep. okay so uh so yeah that's pretty much how it is so people like uh us where we come from a background where you know we were raised to be those you know annoying children that always ask why something happens or why do you feel this way or why do you think that and why 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 you know it's uh you kind of come around to and i don't mean to quote a, like greek philosopher just because i'm greek but you know like socrates you know said what in ethics what is right for me might not be right for you and what's right for you might not be right for me so you kind of see that we need to we need individualism we need to differentiate that a little bit and every different person it's a new aspect in this life a new point of view and i might need that point of view in my life or someone else might need that that doesn't happen a lot and kind of you know i think music, greek musicians right now tend to uh see what's going on and tend to speak about it but we we have you know we have we have ways to go in my opinion and i think one of the most um important problems of Greek societies is gossiping and gossiping not in, the, oh, for sure. in another way that you can imagine. I mean, there are, you know, your, your parents will tell you just not to shout because you will be hurt by the neighbor or because um, don't do that because then your grandmother will find out and uh, she will be pissed. Yeah. And there are stuff like that, uh, that really hinder you from, you know, experiencing new things. Uh, because you always have in the back of your mind someone telling you what will your family or other people say and it's also you know like for some people these are actually their lives like they live to gossip like people just go out to gossip you might you know something tragic might happen in your life and you you want to go out with your friend not to talk about it or you know work through that but you want to talk about you know like uh, i don't know fucking the next guy you know like look at this guy and how he's dressed or you know what i heard about this guy and you're like oh, yeah. dude <laughs> like come on man this is you know in invasion of privacy in some ways and 
so you know through our music we're trying to promote uh, the freedom of you know being you and you know not only uh listening to whatever music you want to listen to but you know be how you want to be like uh, and especially that in heavy in heavy music because you brought that up in your question Jeremy. uh heavy music has a scene here it has a strong scene like you know i mean like it was a disturbed came last summer yes, yes and the place yes. you know disturbed came last summer and the place was packed yeah. but yeah uh you kind of see that there are some people that are here because they don't actually appreciate heavy music but because they just want to go to an event which is okay you know which is not neither bad or good it's just you know something that it's you see like you know people that want to release something and they love you know this band and they love heavy music and they're here to support it and they, you can see those people that are you know on the sidelines having a beer and they'll be like oh i'm you know i'm i'm just here you know my friend is in the pit but i'm just you know here and um something to do yeah so exactly it's like yeah. something to do you know to pass my to pass my weekend not so not so much uh i think there is love for heavy music here in Greece, but I don't think it gets the recognition that it deserves and yeah, how much, sure. yeah, and how much it helps the people and, and especially the kids in the way that it does. That's my, that's my only, you know, complaint about it. Yeah, yeah. that's one thing I really picked up on in your guys' music is, you know, you seem to be fairly socially conscious about you. what's going on around you and, you know, trying to there's seems to be a lot about being your own person and not you know not going along with the crowd and all that kind of stuff all of which i appreciate because when i was in school i was a long hair metalhead and not there weren't very many of us so yeah, <laughs> we're, in, yeah. we're in the yeah, small great. town we're in small town indiana in the middle of the country so there weren't a lot cool. of us but but we were passionate about what we were what we loved so yeah, you see, but you also guys have have that which I highly appreciate. That you know you can make something out of something you like. We don't do that so much. We're more passive people, and it's something that drives us both crazy. You know, like if we have, you know, you guys might have, you know, we might be forty guys in a neighborhood that love metal, and you might find a freaking basement and just you know start playing shows there. We don't do that. We just expect something to happen out of nothing and you know if you're not an active person that kind of you know that kind of messes with your head you're like jesus fucking christ man i mean like you know let's do this come on what it takes two amps a drum set a microphone and a pa let's do this come on yeah. you, know, like, you know what do you got to do on a saturday night like watch netflix come on let's headbang come on dude. yeah yep I, I was never a musician, but my friends, all of my friends were in bands. I was like the the roadie. I drove, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I drove them around and all that stuff. So, but yeah, it was, I mean, that was, that's what we were all about. You know, we'd spend all summer going to shows and that's music. We lived it, man. And we love it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. I love what you were saying. You're talking about the education and everything and it makes as you said that, I couldn't stop thinking about liberate, and it makes so much sense now, especially that last line about when you get the education, we need to find the cure. Yeah, um, yeah, that song makes a lot more sense now that you kind of give us uh, that background. It's uh, you know, it, it stems from both of us uh, 
being in education in different capacities or like I'm a, I'm a special education teacher and Marianne's a vocal coach but it has to do with teaching you know and then you kind of uh, and if you want to say something just cut me off because yeah. you know I'll talk too much <laughs> uh, well, you're, you're talking to two educators Joe is still a teacher and I was now I'm an assistant principal so oh cool man but we're in that's, education that's amazing. Well, so we feel your yeah. pain <laughs> yeah, you know what, that line, because I freaking love Alan Watts, he's an amazing philosopher and an amazing, you know, uh, um, you know, to, spiritual person to me, and when, and that line is exactly how I feel about education in Greece, which is, you know, it's a very controlled, um, how should I put, a very controlled approach to create an environment to, um, you know, as I said to you, uniformity and to, make you know greek children be and think the same way and when you essentially take uh, your children from your home and send it to a school you really actually have to uh, start searching for a cure for you know for this education because you're gonna get a kid back that's you know um, not very active and not very uh, like to to may to give an example, I I like my students to have you know the right amount of moxie, you know, like I love them to just push me sometimes because I'm because I you know I tend to get complacent sometimes I teach this you know the same thing over and over again and sometimes I'm just rambling and I want them to be like excuse me why is this or why didn't they do that or this could be you know done in such a way and then you see the individ the individual. When you see people that tend to memorize stuff and you're like, okay, we've been through this lesson, what do you guys heard? And, you know, a kid just looks straight into a wall and starts nar narrating the whole uh, passage. You're like, this is not education right now. This is not working out for you. Yeah, I might give you technically, you know, an A because there's nothing for me to give you something, you know, or if I tell you that, you know, you're not critiquing it, I, I need to see you in your essay. He's gonna say, "Oh well, bullshit. That's what the book says, and that's what I said." But <laughs> so you know, you tend, you know, you tend to be like, "We need better education because education makes citizens. Citizens make societies. Societies make the world." And yeah, and uh, you know, in liberate, you know, um, one of the main uh, themes of that song is, you know, the whole political situation that uh, happened in Greece uh, during the last decade. Yeah, and you know, also. showed many you know a lot of negative parts of our society and where you know where the um, where is the mold i should say in our society yeah. not only politically because that is very obvious and you can see that but also how the society is structured because there is no real solidarity and um, and i think that that is promoted through education because you don't get you know to like dream and realize your dreams you just you are you know like you are uh, educated to work in certain types of work of works of jobs because yeah that you know, jumps back to your uh, previous question jeremy about you know that also in greece we do have you know you're going to become either a lawyer a doctor or you know uh, i don't know what the, or for girls oh, teachers yeah, or for Only girls. For girls. Yeah. Only for girls. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Hey, wait, man, I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah, but you, know, but, you were, but you were like, how many boys did you have in your university? Yeah, I, I, we had like 
we were 343 students and we had three boys. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. 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 And you know, the these are, you know, there were there were things that we wanted to say through our music and uh, share uh, with and have a message, you know, uh, through our music. And uh, for me, it never made sense to be a band here in Greece in 2014, 2017, 2019, 2020 right now. And, you know, like speak about, I don't know, Greek myths or uh, yeah. fairy tales <laughs> and stuff like that. I feel that's, I feel that's not honest, you know, I respect it and, you know, I, I, I respect the job of other, you know, musicians, but there are problems out there and, you know, someone should speak up about yeah, them. Yeah, that's kind of a, like a mission statement because it's, you know, like we really do like that sort of music. Like, I mean, I freaking love Nightwish and all of that. And mm -hmm. But when, when it came around, you know, to what we want to do and what we want to achieve with our musics, you know, kind of our, our mission statement was like, you know, there are things that need to be said, there are truths that need to be spoken. And so our mission statement stands, uh, uh, revolves around a saying that we have, which is none of that dragon shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty common, though. I mean, for people that are in bands, I mean, you can find inspiration everywhere. I mean, even as a fan, like, I love ACDC and all they sing about is girls and I love <laughs> Rage Against the Machine and you know they're yeah. literally raging against the machine so yeah it's but yeah. I I really am drawn to socially conscious stuff so I I I do enjoy that aspect of your work so I mean it's only logical with I do, I don't want to you know sound like a you know um social or political warrior right now but at least I am happy if you know think twice about what's uh, going on, on the, in the lyrics. If you, you know, have some questions about why do these guys say that? Or uh, why do they see society in that way? Or, you know, why are they having that uh, lyric in there? If you, you know, like question just for a moment, what's going on here? And not only here, because I think the problems that we're talking about are, you know, global. Yeah. I mean, like, look right now, what's Pretty going much. on in the world and in uh, the US right now. I mean, come on. Oh, man. Um, you know, it's for me, I'm satisfied if I only give that, you know, that, um, that, uh, you know, that question that, you know, that little voice in your head to just see things with uh, from another aspect. Yeah. And to jump back on to jump back on liberate also, them, you know, it, except education, it also uh, we have also a high rate of, you know, racism here and uh, racist episodes and, you know, hateful crimes and all of that, which is, you know, it's, we are a band that kind of, you know, we kind of had it up to here, you know, like you cannot walk from, from work here, you know, turn on the news and everything is turned to shit and you you just want to release something. So, you know, you, like in that situation, the only like band you have is like what Rage Against the Machine, as you said. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, after a while, you just also want to hear something new, but you also want to hear what other people have to say about that. And we, you know, we just took it upon us to just say, you know what, where we live, but not all, not only where we live in the world in general, there are some fucked up shit that they need to end like they need to end right now there's no excuse 
when we've come so far as human beings, we're like freaking, you know, we're freaking ready to walk on freaking Mars, and we're still, you know, we're still, we're still dealing with. Uh, I didn't like this guy because he's black. Well, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. like, how can you be so scientifically advanced and still deal with those things? They need to end. They somehow need to stop. And if the if artists especially don't. Um, don't rise up to that occasion to use their voice and say, you know what, this is wrong. And this needs to stop. Not only with their opinions, but actually in their art form, with their artist, with their artistic yeah, output. For me, it's not enough to just post something on social media. Yeah. For me, posting something just on, on social media. Okay. And what? It's about the it's about the le the, the the lowest thing you can do, about the easiest, yeah. lowest yeah. impact thing yeah. you can do right now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Make make a song that lasts forever and people can hear it over and over again in, in different situations and help people become educated in certain social manners, uh, matters. I'm sorry. Uh, well, that's our that's our that's our giant there with full on rabies Pomeranian. I'm so I'm going solo. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, so um, the, your name clearly makes sense with your message, but how did you guys choose that name? Oh, um, we were actually uh, looking for a name, and when we tend to go down that rabbit hole of you know of uh, song titles and lyrics and names and you know branding stuff and all of that, we take you know we we are taking our time because we need something to uh, fully uh, how should I point this out um, fully represent what we're all about and project renegade was something that came out of uh, two simple you know two simple situations where here you go <laughs> we're talking about how we chose how we chose our name okay uh we were always calling you know before we have a name we were talking about you know our project our project because we were just two people not only two people like a drummer and vocalist and that i mean we were like nothing <laughs> there weren't many things you could do what? yeah here you go cameo <laughs> <laughs> and so we were you know saying our project our project let's work on our project and i really wanted to have the word renegade in there because not only for us too, but the other guys in the band. This is literally the way we <laughs> living. He's going crazy. I mean, can we do something about that? He's going to hijack the podcast. <laughs> uh, we are people that tend to look at the world and essentially, and essentially what is a renegade? He's a person that is in a, is a part of something sees that this part doesn't suit him somehow is opposed to it and then walks away which is kind of what you know what we did also as persons but in you know with our music as well we just didn't want to do as she said you know the the usual you know female fronted mythical symphonic you know thing but also as you know as and, and also just so you know alternative metal we can say that we are alternative metal yeah, actually so that's we, another we freaking, freaking, kind of question yeah. 
is really not popular here. <laughs> really not popular. Yeah, and but to carry on, we really live like that. We we are consciously trying to take part in society, but then we just keep put, picking up flaws here and flaws there, and this is a wrongdoing here and a wrongdoing there. So we're like. We're always like, screw this, screw this, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. And we are pretty strong individuals. And that's what we want to help people realize about themselves that, you know, you don't have to be a certain way. You are a part of something and it makes you feel nice because, you know, like, you know, Huey Lewis said, like, you know, it's hip to be square, you know, and <laughs> it's, not, it's nice. And but then again, there is the most important parts of yourself are getting lost due to conformity. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a different thing for us to be accepting of our differences and a different thing to be happy, well, you know, falsely happy with, you know, 300 friends. So we just look at ourselves and we, we were like, you know what, Renegade suits us and let's keep project because it's it's you and me, you know, that's always been here. Like people might come and go, but we're still going to be here involved in this project. So yeah, we kind of live like renegades. And so yeah, project renegade, let's call it that. I mean, you know, why not? This is us. This is who we are. It represents us. It's not, you know, some bullshit statement like all oh, renegade is a cool world. <laughs> literally, you know, literally, is, we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, which it is, I mean, you know, you're right, but, you know, we want to be also, you know, we want to be honest with our art, and we are people who tend to try and take part in society, but then, you know, keep finding ourselves to walk away from it, so uh, the word renegade was something that, you know, is shooting the way we are living and the way we are thinking, especially here in Greece, which is like, you know, you do that and you're out, you know, you're casted away for life. <laughs> uh, you guys, you touched on, um, you know, when you guys first got together, it was just the two of you. And so how did that work before you found Nick and Jay? And then, yeah. and then like, what kind of material were you, the two of you guys working on? And then once they came in, how did you start fleshing things out? Well, uh, when we were younger, we both went to a conservatory to study music. So cool. not not having, you know, not having a guitar player or a bass player was not a problem to write music. Mm -hmm. it, we were able early on to be like, you know, and this is how the guitar is going to go. When, you know, when we get a guitar player, we're going to hear it. But <laughs> right now it's, you know, and thankfully, you know, technology can help you with that. There are, you know, sampling devices of guitars and all of that right now, which is, you know, they're amazing to do yeah. your pre-production but we have we have the ability to write music on our own actually uh actually nick had his first child and he was able you know he's you know taking care of that right now and he was really anxious about uh writing some of the new stuff that we write right now and he was like dude you know i'm trying so hard i'm not making it and i was like i'll do whatever i write the guitar no, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, he contributed, he wrote songs, but you know, he, uh, after a while, he had to take care of his child, and you know, we're understanding of that. Uh, but to jump back to your question, um, we went through a lot of auditions 
to see which not who is capable of playing our music, but who is this person that is willing to go that extra mile. The music industry is not something that you can characterize as, you know, as being very friendly to the artist right now. Yeah. A lot of money must be spent to uh, to help, you know, your band grow. Uh, you must, you know, make a lot of, you know, uh, miles with your, you know, with your bandmates and a lot of blood, sweat and tears. So you need someone who has a team spirit. And in the beginning, you know, we had former members and that didn't work out. Most Greek musicians tend to freak out in the studio, like when they hit the studio, you know, it's crunch time and you're like, well, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> every, I, I think all the previous guitar players and bass players, I think yeah. they left during the, during, during the, the recordings. During the recordings. They were like, dudes, oh. I cannot, yeah, they were, they couldn't take, you know, the pressure and the feedback of, you know, hey, dude, this is not working out. Can you do another take and another take and another take? And, you know, because, well, you know, we use modern, you know, a, mo a modern production in our music, but we are old school in the ways that we record, meaning that you have to have that take, you know. I just don't yeah. want to play one note and I'm just going to pitch shift everything and I'm just going to do, you know, yeah editing wizardry and it's going to mm -hmm. turn into a song no fucking way you're singing <laughs> your parts i'm playing my parts you're playing your parts you're playing your parts so you need you need someone <clears throat> who is willing to go through all of that and not buckle under pressure and in the beginning we couldn't find those guys that you know there were mostly people who uh, to their credit were very creative people but they just wanted to be in a band just you know Kind of have a hobby this uh, is not a, yeah. you know this is not a hobby for us this is our right our everything yeah. literally our everything we work we get our salary and our full-on salary goes to rent and band nothing else <laughs> and well and then you know we started auditioning even more nick came up and i remember he, he wrote us an email saying you know hi guys i'm nick yada 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 and he came in and he was a person that we strictly chose uh, due to his um, characteristics and to his person, to his actually to his personality. He was very organized, a very team player. Nick is probably we always call him the you know the right hand because he's literally always wanting to help. He just wants to help. He's like that's good. Yeah, you know, he's like, dude, I know you're going to hate me right now, but uh, I didn't realize you have one note that's off. And he's like, okay, dude, coming up, you know, and it's like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and Jay was a longtime friend of mine. We played in another, in a grunge band together, and we just enjoyed each other's company. We became a very, you know, tight rhythm section. And after a while, and I'm super OCD about, you know, having a, bombastic rhythm section so after a while you know we you know with the previous members i just threw you know i threw my hands up in the air and i acted like you know a little child and i was like you know i want jay i want jay this is the guy i like yeah, but, you know during the first years uh, when we had the band unfortunately jay was uh, in london he was standing there and it was uh, really tough to you know have you know a long distance uh, uh, guy because we had you know some uh, 
you know, we had to compose and we had to, you know, um, do some uh, performances abroad and here in Greece and it was really difficult. So, you know, when he came back, it was uh, the first uh, thing that we did. Yeah, I remember we were in uh, in an island, we were having a vacation and he, he texted me, he's like, no, actually he called me and he said, so yeah, things didn't kind of work out in London, so... I'm back if you want to have a coffee. And I'm like, yeah, you don't mean coffee, dude. You want to be in the fucking band. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, you know, we felt like, you know, we have a team right now that's functional, that is, you know, letting us to do also our thing and have a little bit more of a space to do our thing. Because we, as I said previously, and to answer to your question about how we flesh out songs, we don't follow a certain, you know, recipe or a certain formula. We don't wait, you know, for, we don't necessarily wait for Nick to write something or they don't wait for me to write something or, you know, Mariano, whoever. Uh, it's, we react to an idea. Whoever has an idea, we react to it. If we are both, you know, if both of us are like, that's cool, we keep it. If one of us, it's, you know, eh, maybe not. We just we just throw, we're throwing it in the yeah. junk. So and not only musical ideas. I mean, like a riff or you know, a vocal yeah. line. Also, you know, maybe I want, you know, like um, uh, we would like to write a song about that particular yeah. subject. Also, that uh, you know, there are different kinds of inspirations. I mean, uh, Liberate was uh, you know created from the idea behind the lyrics and uh, from the message uh the new joker was firstly you know the music, the music for example yeah. uh and you know it it depends uh, on the song and you know the mood we tend to actually to uh, but what's uh what's a given it's that the four of us will work will work the metal part of the music and only the two of us we do vocals and synths and ambiences and all the electronic stuff so uh, with Jay and Nick, we're just, you know, we're looking at riffs and ideas and how uh, things are going to go and composition-wise, how many times we're going to play a part. And then me and Mariana, we just go into our, what we call our synth world, where we just, you know, try sounds and ambiences and we try to thicken up, you know, our mixes. And then Mariana does her own lyrics, I think, like, I've only, so far, I've only had input lyrically once. Two, twice. 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 And because it's, it, and I don't, I never felt the need because she conveys every message across in a perfect way. Like I trust her, you know, with, with everything in that. And but I mean, but I mean, the general idea of, you know, what we want to, what we want to express with the song, it's always something that we talk about. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, but you know, the lyrics uh, are mostly, you know, my my job because I really like to fit the lyrics and the melodies perfectly. I don't want to like cram lyrics just to fit the melody because I, I I listen to other bands that do that and I don't really think that it flows with the song. So you know, I have that um, responsibility to you know like make everything seamlessly lyrically and uh, vocal. Well, you touched on something I had a question about, but I feel like I've been monopolizing the questions. So, Joe or Steve, you guys got anything? Well, we've got a bunch, but Joe, you haven't asked one yet. You want to ask one? 
Yeah, uh, I wanted to circle back to the education thing a little bit because um, I went to, I, I both attended and taught in public and private schools, and I totally get what you're saying about kids and creativity. I may steal your word, Moxie, because I've seen kids, yeah. their personalities changed. And whereas just in the last five years, I've, I would have kids that would come up and joke around or just be a little bit more approachable. And, and one thing that I thought was really um, discouraging is that I, I got I wrote a grant and I got some guitars from like Guitar Center, um, sent me seven or eight just Fender Strats. And I had an opportunity cool. to use them. And as the those the um, as the program went on, I felt kids were getting less and less excited about making music and, and making art. And when I was their age, 14 or 15, I could, I would have ju just killed to have somebody hand me a guitar, you know, yeah. you know what I was doing with it, you know? So, um, have you had to like kind of unlearn some of your education? Uh, I think I, I, I heard you kind of touch on this thing, but you know, was Project Renegade just a, an avenue for you to um, express yourself, or are you still unlearning some of those those education things that you you had as a young person? Because I know that even at my age, I'm still thinking about mindsets and mentalities that I have that I think, oh, I need to check that, and I really need to think about what that means to be, you know, a modern citizen with this thing that I've learned. So, are you constantly unlearning, like I am, things that you were taught? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I view I view education in an evolutionary way. I mean, you know, it's never going to be the same. Things are changing, times are changing, technology is changing, people are changing. Uh, I find that I'm finding myself to be, to actually grow in terms of my personality more from my students rather than speaking to with any adult, because, uh, like you said about mindsets. I was the same way. I mean, I started on guitar. I was like pretty shitty at it. And then I picked it up back when I was 20, you know, and my, my, actually my troglodyte way of thinking to become a drummer was that, oh man, it's so hard to aim between those strings and all of that. I'm going to play drums. It's so, it's, I can, I can never miss. <laughs> and, but I fell in love with the instrument and luckily for me, I'm, uh, I'm a son of a very, very, very driven and dynamic uh, woman who is also a teacher who always checks me for ev for everything I do in terms of education. Mm -hmm. When I have problems in school, when I have problems, uh, personal problems and all that, she always has this amazing ability to instill, you know, um, a great point of view in uh, in you so uh, yeah i mean you know i'm always I, like to make it more specific she always told me when i was in the university studying always put everything you read under a microscope hmm. there is a lot in research there are there are a lot of things that you might think they are that way but they mean something else and you need to have this critical way of thinking and you need to uh, you need to be as uh, sure about something as you can be i remember she uh, she gave me an article and she said you know what do you see here and i'm like oh this is you know an amazing discovery they make and all of that and she goes read the statistics and i didn't use the statistics but then i was like fucking 
I don't know, I was like, you know, the dumbest person regarding statistics. And I'm like, I don't understand. And she goes, well, they did this and they had this many people participating in it and they made this and that and that and that. So they're actually lying. The article is a bold faced lie. And the, right then and there, I was like, holy fucking what? And this is published? What do you mean? And some, in a way, I'm always trying to evolve as a person and as a teacher. And I'm always trying to instill my students to the, you know, the constant way of evaluating themselves and who they want to be in life and when, where they are right now and which are the steps to achieving that. I'm a pretty, you know, put up or shut up kind of guy, especially as a teacher, because they're like, well, you know, but I read and I just forgot it right now. And I'm like, well, is it it's that or, you know, you went out, you know, to freaking like play basketball or something. Just tell me the truth. It's, it's both are OK. I'm not going to punish you. If you want to play basketball. That means something. That means that you might be a better, you know, baller than you might be, you know, in history. That says something. Dude, you might, you know, you might be the next Greek LeBron James. <laughs> and I think that, you know, being a musician means that you're always learning. I mean, you can never learn enough for, of your instrument. At least that's what Oh, I there's think. no, the, yeah. <laughs> you're a student forever. We have so, a, you know, that, I think that mentality comes with a musician, you know, automatically. Yeah. And, the, you know, even right now, I mean, during the past months, even in quarantine, we learned a lot of things about ourselves. You know, because that was something unprecedented. So, you know, there were, I think that every, every member of Project Renegade are, you know, very, you know, um, motivated to learn um, new skills and, you know, but also about life, about society, about politics, about history, about everything. Yeah, it's, we, have a say, we have a saying here in uh, music that there's, you know, there's A, B, C and you can reach whatever, you know, you can reach to Y. You will never reach Z, you know, the, because music is endless. You can always learn something. And if I now I'm starting to think that I rambled on and didn't answer your question. No, no, <laughs> if it no. was... are, are you guys rehearsing right now? Are you guys able to get back together or are you still yeah, pretty well locked down? No, no, no. We're not on no. lockdown. Everything is pretty much back to normal, but, you know, masks everywhere. Um, yeah. not a lot of gatherings, uh, you know, there are some measures that uh, are implemented uh, in the cafes, in the restaurants, uh, in the supermarkets, and, you know, yeah. but, you well, know, we have, we, we have good weather here, so every, everybody's out. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, that's a given here. We do one, we, we do once a week or once, a, or once every two weeks, uh, depending on everyone's schedule right now, because, you know, out of you know out of nowhere now we're working again so yeah, everything is you know like mm -hmm. we have uh, weird schedules because not everything is really you know like um like it was before the quarantine and we have to you yeah. know like sometimes work those days other times work the whole week so it's kind of weird right now but i think we're getting back we're getting to some stuff done yeah. though because you know we are rehearsing to be uh live show ready we're, you know, looking to, you know, if an opportunity arises, we want to snatch that because, you know, during, you know, all these COVID days, it's really hard to play a show. So if something comes up, we want to be able to play and play good. And But we also, you know, we're jamming our new songs, learning them. It's, you know, it's going good. I would say it's going yeah, good. Yeah. I don't know about you. 
That's a, so you've got a, you've got a mix then of of getting kind of the rust yeah. off and and also being looking towards being creative and and uh, and things. Was the lockdown good for you personally? Were you able to spend some time reflecting, or you know, I know I was in a lot more books and and watching a lot more movies, and I had a lot more time on my hands to just kind of sit and and process things that you know yeah. jobs take away from. So exactly, exactly. Uh, I for me it was. We coming back to you know to a more simpler time, like when uh, we were kids, something like that. I felt yeah. like I was a kid, and you know, um, uh, because my schedule is really hectic, and I end my job really late at night. I'm always in a kind of you know anxious state, um, and this was a really great opportunity for me to sit down and finish some uh, uh, jobs that I was like uh, uh, neglecting. And you know, we also we were very creative yeah uh, during the quarantine and we managed to finish instrumentally the our whole uh, new album that, that was we're good. working on it right now and i mean we kind of crammed in two months uh a creative process that would maybe would take two years but it was very natural and very you know um, energetic and uh, you know uh, intuitive i don't know it we was, were inspired too yeah, because there was it, a flow like everything was really easy and we were not distracted, I think. That yeah. was the. Um... We were hyper focused on getting the record done because uh, I think we were in a place where, you know, we have, a, you know, we don't have, you know, a type of, you know, management team that runs everything for us. And we, you know, just sit back and just play shows and do whatever. So we were on, you know, we were. Uh, making decisions with a band, you know, like, are we going to do a video now or what are we going to do with this and that? And then you just have nothing and you're like, well, okay, that means I can focus on, you know, on the actual music right now. This is the time. So I remember she called me, it's like, dude, I'm coming to live with you during the quarantine. We're getting shit done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you guys brought up the live shows a few times. I had a question about your live sound, actually. So, you know, when you listen to your music, I know it's the four of you, a vocal, drum, guitar, bass, but you use a lot of the, not a lot, but you touch on like the synths, the ambient noise, the little bit of a industrial sounds here and there. How do you guys pull that off live? Do you use like the drum triggers or you just have tracks playing in the background? How do you, how do you do that? No, we, we have a, we have a, every synth and electronic stuff and all of that it runs through a laptop and i'm playing through a click track okay uh, i don't use triggers right now because i didn't have a, a financial you know space to buy some sure uh so we're you know uh, but the four of us are playing live you know we don't do the whole you know miming thing sometimes you know yeah, yeah, yeah. especially singers tend to uh tend to you know like put all the vo all the vocals in there if it's you know very high and energetic chorus because you know they don't want their voice to crack or whatever we don't we don't do that we're very strict about okay guys you know i'm gonna play through a click track you guys are gonna hear me so the other guys do not run clicks uh so it's more of a live feel so i'm playing through a click track you guys are gonna hear me uh we're not putting any you know hampers in there to help each other out it's gonna be a freaking live performance as live as you can get when with pulling our sound off and just let's just work on having an 
an energetic performance and how can we do that while being on a click track and it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of practice but mm -hmm. thank god you know we are workaholic people the four of us we are super you know super anal about dealing with stuff like okay this part we're gonna have to do you know some readjusting because we want to be able to perform and not just sit there and just play like it's on the record and but we also want to be able to not you know to not be so punk rock be just enough punk rock to you know <laughs> for things to be for things to be enjoyable to the to the viewer and the listener you know to the audience uh, and that's why we tend to practice a lot uh, for uh, shows and you know not only once a week but you know two or three times in order to like to have everything tight and uh, be able to perform and you know like not you know for me not to lose my uh, breath because i'm running or whatever uh, and for other guys you know to for the other guys to to be able to headbang and you know like uh, jump around and do stuff uh, and not you know like hearing <laughs> from the guitar or the right. bass uh we kind of what we do is that um we are um adjusting our rehearsal to the performance and what i mean by that we are uh doing a rehearsal as if it were an actual performance so we yeah, kind we'll of go build up that endurance <laughs> and uh, to say the truth in uh, the live space which is usually a very big room it's even easier for us because we are crammed in a very small room in the basement <laughs> where there is no ventilation no air condition <laughs> And we are like sweaty and very filthy after every rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I mean, we go. To the, I remember when we opened up for Bullet for my Valentine. We rehearsed three times a week for that show, and we were very, you know, very focused. And I remember just going out there, and I'm like, Homer, oh, there's air conditioning. Shit, I can play for three hours if you want me to right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how we do it. We run those three things through laptop. We were actually joking about it because we were saying. If we actually hired people to play to pull off, you know, our sound, we would need like, you know, the uh, the Berlin Symphonic Orchestra, Skrillex, actually two Skrillexes, <laughs> and you know, some some backup singers. So, yeah, that would like, you know, financially we couldn't do that even if we had if we had like a good keyboard player, say. Uh, so we run everything through a laptop. All the electronic yeah. stuff and we you know guitars drums bass vocals everything all of that is live and i was just curious because i mean i recently just last year i saw stabbing westward and yeah you know they use tons of electronics and they actually have a keyboard player but yeah. they were also using the laptop the drummer had the laptop and still you yeah. know lead-ins and you know lead-outs and that kind of thing i was just curious how you guys pulled it off yeah we run you know everything through the laptop and we just play live because we want the the audience to feel that you know yeah they're playing live right now they are you know a band that sits in the studio and just plays together and mm -hmm. just becomes a this type unit and this is what i'm witnessing right now i mean i've heard uh Swedish player, you probably know him, Ola England, tell uh, this story about one time he went to a club and he and he heard that the the kick drum was a pre-recorded track, and I was like, oh man, the guys do that shit. <laughs> like, wow. there, there's actually a drummer. He didn't name the drummer, of course, but I was like, 
there's actually a drummer there that just goes and doesn't use his feet at all. I was like, damn, man, that's come on, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, some feels reality. like that feels like cheating a little bit <laughs> or, yeah, or a lot. Yeah, I mean, like the beauty of it, you know, it's like you, you, you do not want to hear the same exact version of the of the album. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Man. Yes. You want to you want to listen to something else. You want to feel an, yep. a different energy, and that's why uh, there are some also some songs that in the album they sound amazing, but they do not work live, and vice versa. You know, there are some songs that you that have that live thing going on. One of the crowd yeah. is uh, something like that. It's one of those songs. Oh yeah, we go off on that song. <laughs> you know, um, it's different, and you have to adapt to that uh, the performance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's get back to the album a little bit. Um, cool. I want to make sure we get some focus on that because it's so good. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about how you choose the track order uh, because the album certainly had a lot of thematic elements. So I didn't know how much care went into selecting where each track fell. And then um, if you could also discuss a little bit uh, Black Mountain, which I absolutely love. And you had mentioned that uh, Siler you were going to explain yeah. a little bit about that because I was yeah. looking at Tyler and it's either from Heroes or yeah. like a, <laughs> a ruler type person or somebody who makes rope. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to get the meaning without actually knowing what Siler meant. Okay. Yeah. Um, actually, well, Black, actually, Black Mountain, I'm just going to let you speak because that's all her. She wrote everything in that song. I had nothing to do with that. Nice. The only, the only thing that's funny to me is that in this, you know, Mariana was very involved in the electronic uh, portion of the album, of that album, and of course, and of course, vocals. And you know, I was with the guys, you know, jamming, you know, heavy tracks to put, you know. And one day she goes, "Oh, I wrote this song," and she just gives me Black Mountain. I'm like, "Dude, you're so ridiculous! You just..." I'm here like banging out riff after riff after riff. And I'm like, is it good enough? Is, is that good enough? You just wake up one day, you just write the best song on the album. Screw you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this ginormous track with orchestrals. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you go, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to say anything. So for the that. order, I, I believe that we wanted to, you know, build, um, um, we wanted to start with something intense. And we wanted to to end with something intense. And the in between it was, you know, um, for me it was how if if that made sense uh, feeling wise. Uh, the order was a bit different in the beginning, I yeah. think. Yeah. But uh, something wasn't clicking, and uh, we ended up with that uh, with the, with the order that is uh, right now. Um, and of course, it wasn't you know something random or something that uh, happened. Uh, we always thinking about if there is a logical progression from one song to another and from one sound to another because you can find a lot of elements uh, in our songs and you know sometimes if something's not in the right order you can say oh why is that here that's so different from the from the previous song is that too much experimental for me I don't know but that order that is right now in the album I think is is the one that makes more sense to us at least yeah yeah, it's a, the record just flows better. That's what we want to accomplish with the with the order. If it's not a concept, you know, that we want to keep, like let's say that you know these three songs they are tied together. So this the you know this is the de facto order of songs. We just want 
the listener to be able to go like, that was a cool song. And when the next one hit, you know, he's, he's going to be like, oh, that's a cool song as well. I'm going to listen to that. And now, you know, I kind of feel a little bit more, you know, sad. So I would like it if a sad song came and a sad song, you know, does come. Or I'm, you know, I want to break some shit. So, you know, where's the heavy song? Uh, it's about, you know, the flow of the record. No, regarding the songs, you know, you go about Black yeah, Mountain. Yeah, for uh, Black Mountain, uh, it was the... It was something that came to me uh, really uh, a long time before we actually uh, recorded that song. I had the idea for the uh, for the uh, choir at the beginning, and then I built from that. Uh, I put some uh, some orchestral stuff because I really like classical music, but I didn't want to make the the typical symphonic song. Uh, I wanted to make something dark and something you know more like. Um, more ominous, I think. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, I didn't know it would be the la the last song of the album at that time, but uh, for me it was, you know, um, a constant uh, source of, uh, for me, of releasing bad energy, because that uh, that song is, you know, I think more the the darkest one for the from the record. For sure. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> uh, it talks about, you know, very dark thoughts you might have, and you know. I mean, they're only healthy if, you know, our thoughts and not actions. And uh, I wanted to, you know, like talk about um, uh, suicide and uh, death and uh, all that dark stuff that we have inside. And, you know, sometimes we are even ashamed to talk about them. And I believe that every person, you know, sometime in his mind, in his life, in his or her life, uh, will have, you know, like really bad thoughts because something bad happened to them. And uh, that is very healthy if, you know, uh, if it does not come into, um, into action, of course. And uh, I feel that this is a song for, for, for me and for other people to release that bad energy. And um, in a was, positive way, though, in with, a positive with way. catharsis. Yeah, of course, like with catharsis, catharsis, yeah. And it was really difficult for me also to record it because I wanted to, like, really make my feelings, like, travel through that song and, you know, like, express everything and, uh, like, really leave the whole, um, every single um, lyric in that one. So it was something that took a lot of time to record because it was not easy to get into, into that mood. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, especially, in, you know, in a sterile environment like a, like a studio. So um, we wanted it to be really honest, because I think that that is the only way that that um, that song could be, you know, like a positive and you know helpful helpful mean uh, means for another person to, you know, like uh, release that uh, bad energy, that anger, that you know, that, the, all those dark thoughts that you know are festering inside us. And uh, you know, there are other bands that did that for me, also other songs that helped me. Um, when I was, you know, like a, a, t a teenager and or, uh, you know, even younger. And, you know, I wanted to create something like that and to have something that is made from me and from the band to give to the people so that, you know, that so that, you know, when when you have those bad thoughts, you know, there are, there are other people who will listen and uh, who will, you know, where you can find a home and, you know, like, release all that bad energy and stop thinking those thoughts yeah and for me that is that song i mean I would also say, 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, for me, as a fan of heavy music, it's always been kind of that release for me. It's, you know, if sure. I'm people who don't get heavy music, like they hear it and they're like, oh, what is that? Oh, it's all, it's all about death and destruction. I'm like, yeah. no, it's, it's really not. <laughs> like when I hear that, it makes me feel happy. Like exactly. that's, it gets and that. It focuses that energy. It allows me to, like you said, release what I have inside. And it, it just, it makes me feel lighter. It makes me feel better. And yeah, so I totally understand where you're coming from there. Yeah. And I, and I remember, you know, like lyrically, where we were discussing about that because the, at the time, well, you know, not at the time, but during that time, also Chester Bennington passed away and we were like devastated because Lincoln yeah. Park, you know, are uh, our heroes. And I remember we just had a rehearsal and uh, then our guitar player goes like, dude, they say Chester, Chester is dead. Is it a hoax or something? And I, I remember just bawling up, man, that that dude to me still is my hero. I mean. And we were just, you know, coming around to talk about suicide and, you know, how many kids, you know, commit suicide with, you know, due to bullying or how many adults with, you know, like PhDs and all those freaking, you know, acolytes don't get a job and commit suicide because, you know, they don't see a good end in this life. And we were like, should we go there? Should it, shouldn't we go there? And I remember, you know, being like, no, no, we're going there. We're yeah. going there. I mean, at least let's open up the dialogue. I mean, or help open up the dialogue. At least let's do something. You know, it's very hard to put, to wrap your hand around your head around suicide, and you know what are the reasons for a person to do that. But just saying, you know, you know that you use all those, you know, stupid like hashtags, like hashtag speak up, dude. Like, come on, no, that's. For some people, those are very hard things to deal yeah. with. And I think that the, the majority of those people who uh, commit suicide are very introvert people. Yeah. They do not speak about their feelings. So, you know, maybe a song or, you know, exactly. something that would, they yeah. see on, on the television or something that they see on a movie, maybe that will help them. So, you know, it's uh, good to have, you know, all those... Um, uh, all those messages and all those, you know, um, uh, ways, you know, artistic yeah. ways to help people. Those are yep. artistic ways to help people. It's some, it, it's something that you know, for us, it needed to to be, it needed to be done, and we always want to have a, a cathar a catharsis by the end of our record. If we don't do that, we'll keep writing a song until we get one because, you know, it it has to happen. A lot of you know. Albums these days just go, they begin, in, you know, they go to 10 and they end up with 10 and 10 is not special anymore. So we just wanted, you know, okay, we brought things a little bit down with Siler and Respirator and they're more, you know, spacey, you know, songs, Respirator is a bit more poppy. And we said, you know, now it's a good time to put Black Mountain last and just, you know, open up the dialogue about that, you know, and, that. And because nothing else can follow that song for me. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. When, when it was done, I thought there is nothing else that can follow that song. Yeah. I would say, and too, uh, the Demon Has Escaped a Triangle is a really cool kind of uh, interlude and a good lead into that as well. It works really well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah that's uh, that, that's why we named it like that because uh, we uh, we have this friend who is very you know uh, he's a very quirky guy and he just you know is really you know into like uh, the you know occult occult stuff mm -hmm. and all of that and he sure. was talking about uh, like how how there's this uh, thing that you use called the Solomon's Triangle, which is held to trap demons, and we use the metaphor for it, like you know okay. that a if a demon has escaped the triangle, that means that something happened to you, and you know something, uh, a switch has been flicked, and now you feel bad about yourself. Therefore, Black Mountain, which is about people who feel about you know who feel that you know they're not deserving of life anymore. They choose to do, you know, they choose to do to take their own life, and that's why it was a prelude to that, and that's why we named it like that in order to use yeah. a metaphor that you know something is got something is going wrong. Cool. So yeah. So you, it's your turn to talk about Siler. Oh my God. Siler <laughs> <laughs> was uh, one of the two songs that uh, we co-wrote uh, lyrically, so yeah. and the idea was uh, Odi. So yeah, I actually have to thank my father for that. He he's a dude that just. He doesn't speak a lot, but when he does, he just literally blows your mind somehow. I don't know how he does that. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, he's an architect, but he's uh, deep into philosophy and to uh, oh my god, what's the correct word in English for this uh, 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 existentialism? You yeah. is that yeah. a part yeah. of philosophy? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, he reads a lot about existentialism and all of that. And he, one day he, we were hiking, and he goes. Have you ever noticed that if you look at the sky diagonally, the the Earth, you can actually see the Earth becoming a dome? And I was like, Oh God, yeah! <laughs> and then I, that that got my gears going about uh, what is out there. But you know, I don't mean to sound like you know the truth is out there kind of guy. It was just you know just me thinking about us, you know, being this, uh, you know, this, you know creatures of thinking that, you know, there is uh, us and we're the pinnacle of everything and this, you know, whatever happens, you know, we're here in the earth and, you know, this is our life and, you know, I was just thinking about, well, you know, we know there's a galaxies and we know there's a universe and some people say that, you know, there are multiple universes and where does this all end and, you know, what if we were able to go, you know, far, you know, away from Earth and, you know, beyond our wildest dreams, what we would find, we would, would we find like, you know, uh, different creatures that we could communicate and somehow help us evolve as, uh, as humans and become something more, uh, whatever it is, it's not in here, you know, it's out there and by out there, I mean, in a more, uh, use your brain you know and your spirit kind of way and push your limits yeah and, and it just took a, it took a little bit of more of a, of you know we took a little bit more of that direction of you know there are so many things going on outside the earth you know like and we are so stuck in our own selves and stuck you know in our ways it's there's like you know sometimes there's no need for that i mean we are very very small and big at the same time you know because we are like millions and millions of molecules but we're also small in the scale of you know the of this whole thing of life in general and you know uh, when we were when you know back in the day we were very 
we were exploring a lot more than we do today, I think. Not only, you know, because we didn't know the whole world, the whole, uh, our planet, and uh, 100%, but, you know, we also, we were exploring new ideas. We were exploring, you know, um, how to, you know, uh, evolve our lives. And somehow they were kind of stuck, I think. So we wanted to make a song about exploration. Yeah. And I mean... about, you know, um, trying to get out of your comfort zone, get out of your limits and limitations and, you know, um, test yourself out there. Yeah, I mean, I remember I remember calling Mariana and I was like, this is so hard for me to explain right now, so help me make a sense out of this because I'm going to sound like <laughs> that dude who's like, dude, do you ever think about, like, space? <laughs> so help me make a sense out of this because my gears are going and, you know, I started telling her, like, no that I feel, you know, as human beings, that our roots are uh, to be travelers, you know, to travel and travel beyond even this planet. Now we can and do that. And what can we find there? And we just, you know, decided that this whole thing, what is, you know, out there, what we can find beyond ourselves and what is our true north and what we can find in that true, in that true north, we call it Siler, so it's you know a made-up name for uh, for you know the reality of everything that we will never find. Hope because you know for, <laughs> uh, for the unknown, for uh, you yeah. know for the mm. higher being. Oh, yeah, I don't know. High, higher being for you know everything that you know that we we will never know because you know we cannot reach that far enough. But yeah. is there because we know it's out there. We just time. we just you know we just called it Siler. Yeah. And by the way, Heroes rocks. I love that series. <laughs> <laughs> he was my favorite goal, that too, but I didn't rip it off of him. <laughs> yeah, that was it was good. But now I'm glad when you explain that, that there's no way I would have come up with all that. So <laughs> I feel a little better. <laughs> no, it, it, it's hard for me to explain as well. Sometimes, you know, if for me, you know, Siler is, you know, whatever you want it to be, whatever you think it can exist out of you know what you already know that it exists that's siler for me you know, and you know that's how you know that, that's how it, the whole thing began cool so if spacex calls and gives you guys seats <laughs> would, you, would you go hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> i had a feeling yeah at, at least i can I, I can be an ambassador i mean i know i got that down you know <laughs> yeah you can take some pictures for your dad of the earth becoming a dome from the other yeah. side he'd, he'd probably dig that oh he he certainly will i mean he does that you know he does some of those things that are amazing he's so observational and so you know so so uh revealing at times when he said that i literally could see you know like the sky going like this instead of just being like that and i was like damn man how do you do that he's like i don't know <laughs> just look at it that way <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's all about perspective yeah exactly well i took a hike yesterday i'm in, actually in colorado right now i'm in the rocky mountains and i took a hike and i missed all that so i'm gonna have to retake <laughs> that hike which totally kicked my ass and made me tired and sore so i'm gonna have to go back up and look look down and see what's going on and pay closer attention so oh man hiking are amazing that's my favorite thing to do to just wind you know wind down always go for a hike <laughs> yeah yeah, I was with my daughter. We get to take in. We were watching these birds. You know, they were just like soaring on the thermals, just like eye level with us. And then they would dive for like some little creature oh, awesome. to eat. So it was, it was cool. 
but I missed the complete, I missed the earth and the, and the bend of the, <laughs> the horizon. <laughs> uh, so, you know, on, on the rest of the album, are there songs that you're especially proud of or that you, you know, would consider your favorites beyond those two? You go. Uh, for me, um, one of the best songs, um, and one of, you know, one of my favorite ones is the new Joker. Yeah, I really love that uh, song. Not only because <clears throat> I think it's the heavier one in the record, yep. but um, I really like uh, the message behind it, and I think it's so relative uh, nowadays. I think it's like I don't know. I mean, uh, having all those stereotypes in your mind, uh, you know, be prejudiced and you know, like judge people by you know how they look, how what the color of the skin is, uh, what their religion is or uh, if they're gay or straight, or I don't know, if they're a boy or, or, a, or a girl, whatever. I mean, uh, I'm so tired of that shit, and I'm so tired of, you know, all those stereotypes, particularly here in uh, Greece, that um, I really want to scream that song every day that, you know, I see, it. Hmm. you know, even the, the minor stuff that happened every day. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I really I really like the message and I really love that we did uh, also a video for it because you know that that uh, yeah. helps you know reach even more yeah. people. That video is so cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, oh we God. worked a lot on that, it. That was my uh when we first learned we were going to be talking to you guys, that was the first thing that I saw and heard of you guys was the new Joker video and I was thank like you. Damn! <laughs> yeah, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Man, it's a great video and a really, really, really good song. Thank you. We appreciate it so much. Yeah, actually, you know, uh, if I keep saying that, like, if you wanna know what a teenager through uh, adult in his late twenties in his late twenties feel in Greece, start with a new Joker. That is a for for me that is you know in my opinion it's something that you know it represents a lot of people if they if they don't feel that way they might you know not be courageous enough to admit it but I know that a lot of kids and adults in their early you know twenties feel you know segregated and just you know left out and somebody had to step up and say something and you know at least in a way that we felt it's representative of those people and we decided to take that step and you know, the, the, a fun fact that song was written in 2016 yeah and it has no relation whatsoever with the, the joker, joker movie, movie. yeah <laughs> it just yeah. happened to be you know like a real cross release with the movie and you know but mm. like is it you know like from that movie because the movie was awesome and you know it was promoting you know uh, yeah kind of like the, yeah. the same thing or yeah roughly kinda, roughly kinda. roughly but you know uh it has no a relation whatsoever with that but if we put if but we have, if, have if, put if, it if, out you know yeah <laughs> if that time we would be billionaires by now yeah. <laughs> so we missed that opportunity <laughs> uh personally i'm i'm proud of the respirator because we wrote that song about our grandparents we both lost our grandparents during the order of the minus recordings Mm -hmm. and liberate uh, i have a funny story about respirator it's actually my favorite story to tell about the album uh i wrote the piano which is the intro to the song uh actually downstairs where 
my grandfather had a stroke. He fell off the bed, and I just, you know, I could see, you know, the usual signs like his lip falling off and all of yeah. that. And I was screaming to my parents, "He's having a stroke! He's having a stroke!" And they were like, "No, he's just, you know, he's fine. He's disoriented." And nobody would listen to me. And I remember the next day they took him to a hospital, and the whole family just, you know, started fighting with each other. And I just went to the other room where the piano was, and I just started playing that melody. And we built the song. I was very happy with it. And then my grand grandfather passed away. He was like a father to me. And I was at the studio, and I remember just hovering off, uh, you know, over my snare drum, and just remember thinking and saying, "Okay, granddad, just give me the power to just go through this song because I'm like in samples right now." And just when I entered the song in the recordings, the light flickered, and I. That song has only one take. No editing, no nothing. What you hear is me just playing that song one way through and going outside. And, you know, I remember the producer and Mariana just going like, one take, dude, perfect. We got it. And I was like, okay, are you sure? Yeah. Well, guys, I'm freaking the fuck out right now. (laughs) 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 You're like, why? I was like, I just, you know, I just did this like, prayer to my granddad and the lights flickered and I had a one take and I was like in the zone and oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is a great song and I love that you guys did the quarantine version that was really cool yeah oh yeah we thought it was you know I really loved yeah I really loved the uh the acoustic respirator I like that version because um Mariana, your vocals on that are so clean and so crisp. And it's, you know, I mean, you can hear when you listen to the album. I mean, obviously you're layering and doing this and that and tweaking here and there and whatever. But on the the acoustic version, it's so clean and it still sounds so amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, We wanted to, you know, um, uh, do that uh, version during the quarantine because we wanted to, you know, uh, keep in touch with, you know, the audience and the fans. And, you know, we want to, to you know, like say that we are here and we want to, you know, if you find some solace in our music, we're here, we want to give you something extra from it. And uh, we said we're we not going to, you know, like um, do stuff like, uh, uh, over uh, editing and you know like uh, multiple takes it's gonna be one off whatever it is yeah and we're gonna release that so nice. um, we just performed it uh, everybody performed it uh, live uh, from their home and uh, then we did also the video you know with uh, our phones and you know the best way we mm-hmm. could and uh, you know it was really mm-hmm. scary for me because I I didn't have anything planned in my mind. So, you know, all those things that ended up to be the track are, you know, like um, uh, improvisation, you know, and the stuff in the beginning and, you know, in the um, in the midsection, because I couldn't do, you know, all that the production stuff that I was, do- that I was having in the, uh, in the original song. So, you know, there was a, a, some improvisation there, which was something that I never, you know, like um, I've never attempted to do. And, um, I I love it because mm-hmm. it's simple but very you know um, direct I think um, the the way that the song came out so um, I think it was like the perfect um, uh, the perfect release we could make uh, 
during that time. It helped us also a lot. I think. Yeah, we did something different that we haven't done before, like going acoustic and you know playing, uh, playing all those you know <laughs> percussions. <laughs> oh my god, I was scared shitless. Oh my god. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, I was so, you know, I remember because we said, you know, let's just do one take and whatever it is, it just make it, you know, as live as possible, you know? And I, like I can remember playing the, the horn and then I went to the bongos to just do a little bit of a layer. And I was like, okay, I have one take. Well, I did it once. I don't know if I could do it before, guys. <laughs> and I remember that there was one mistake there, and that mistake came because I was sweating so much from anxiety to get that one take. <laughs> that sweat fell in my eye, and I started playing the bongos like this. <laughs> I was like, "Did we get it? Did we get it? Yes." <laughs> so, is there more? Uh, I really like the stripped down version. Is there? plans yeah. to do more stuff like that or you know would you ever consider maybe doing like a whole album that's that's really laid bare like that uh, it would be a cool dynamic i think yeah i mean we love acoustic music i mean one of my favorite records is uh actually records is everything you know that charlie erna did from godsmack although you know acoustic oh, yeah, tribal yeah. stuff mm -hmm. his acoustic album with godsmack is freaking amazing uh we love that you know we are deep in you know deep into that can dance and all of those oh yeah uh, bands. love um, them yeah. love them absolutely love them they were here uh they would have they would have come. yeah they would have <laughs> well, they, well they have been here a lot though yeah uh i listen to a lot of you know west african hand drumming and all of that oh, nice. it's, uh, it's something that we like to do i think that we would like to get a bunch of, you know, songs under a, a belt, you know, have like three, four albums and then just choose, you know, yeah, the best exactly. of them and make something different yeah. with them. Because, you know, not all songs are, you know, um, suitable for being, you know, yeah. in an acoustic way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, they have to have that vibe. That song definitely have that had that vibe. It was on a, yeah. it was on a slower tempo, not so, you know, not so... Uh, mid-range to allegro tempos as the other ones uh it just felt you know it just felt natural to do it wasn't something forced for us it was like okay i'm just gonna mm -hmm. change the guitar like this and then i'm gonna do something like this with the bass and yada 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 bam we got a song you know yeah. uh i would love to do that though i i really i really dig the song yeah. i mean talking about hikes every time i go for a hike blast that thing i'm like that that'll get you going <laughs> for sure well we're big fans of uh mtv unplugged series we talk about yeah, that a lot. oh they're amazing it's it's always cool to see a band take a song that was maybe heavily processed or produced and then they sit down and in, in a really intimate setting and and bang it out i think you guys have the chops to do it so i you know Keep Thank keep you so writing much. your keep writing your music, but you know pull out the acoustics every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Thank See what you. happens. We'll, so. we'll we'll do we'll do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had uh, uh, we've kept you guys for a long time. We'd certainly appreciate your time. I had one last question from me, and then the guys can say whatever they need to say. Do we need to talk to the dog? I think the dog. <laughs> yeah, he has a lot of stuff to say. Yeah, he, he's, he's been very verbose. The, As the dogs day. do, right? You cannot imagine the mess he has made right now. What, what right. Oh, so, my God. Well, uh, yeah, hit me. <laughs> hit so, Sorry, Metalhead. Go ahead. Steve is a huge Slipknot fan. He, he's, he's a huge maggot. So I have to ask on his behalf, what's with the mask, man? 
<laughs> you're the only one so how how did that come about like, oh what, you know yeah and they, I mean, they change you've been i've seen several different ones in your videos like how does that all work for you and you might see a lot more <laughs> uh well uh, regarding uh the variety of the maps um there there's a simple answer to uh I'm easily bored, so I want new stuff like all the time. <laughs> and I also like to, but I don't want those new things to be, you know, something like that doesn't mean anything. Everything has to have a meaning with me. Uh, the first mask, the which was my, you know, my respirator mask, it's, uh, uh, it just really represented my culture. You know, I'm just a 90, 90s kid. I did graffiti. I, I'm still skating. Uh, you know that it was just you know something that represents me as a person and then i took it to the stage you know i used to use it just for photos and i thought you know i'm not going to use it on the stage but i took it in our first show just to have you know this visual representation of who we are and it just just helped me kick you know kicking into another gear it was something that helped me so much to play the way I'm playing live right now, which is something very energetic. There's a lot of showmanship going on. I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those drummers that just sits in the back and does his job. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not into so, that shit. So is that really, so it's like a case of when you put the mask on, it's just like you melt away or they can't see you. So you have the freedom to get everything out and be something else maybe. Uh, I don't think I melt away. I think I over amplify. That's what I do. I mean, okay. I I think I, I think I am, you know, uh, a socially acceptable yet intense person. But I don't feel that me as you know me can represent our band uh, in the way I want to because I want our shows to be you know slamming and I want them to be aggressive and i want them to be energetic and i want the audience to be a part of it and i want to be able to be interactive and i'm not necessarily like that in person i'm i'm fairly intense in my opinions but in my character i'm very laid back and i like to let people you know be themselves and i i'm very accept you know uh, accepting of of others but when when i hit the stage this is you know this is the only time where i'm able to be free and i want to be me 10 times me you know and so it just helps me accept everything that i think at that point and it helps me accept that aggression and use it to my advantage to do something positive rather than something negative uh the my second mask is actually which i wore in the liberate video Mm -hmm. is actually a tribute, to, a tribute to my grandfather, which we talked about for respirator. He was a doctor, and that's why I have the Red Cross. Okay. And it's a natural, and it's also a natural evolution of my mask, which you know has the filters from yep. the from the previous mask. And this mask is more, you know, it, it's a, a representation of you know how of my of the side of myself who wants to help and wants to help people heal and become better. So hence why it's like a doctor mask as well. Uh, 
then it's the devil mask that I wore in the new Joker, which I just, uh, this song just represents that face to me. I mean, I went to my, uh, my guy who makes the mask and I was like, you know, we have this song and it's very dark and its energy is very dark, but it's about, you know, people who are misunderstood and left out and all of that. And I just, you know, you know, I want something to be not evil, but I want something to be dark and in your face. And I want people to see me and I want them to think of all, you know, the wrongs that they have done. <laughs> like, what is that? And they go like, let's go with a devil mask. And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and all my masks do not have a mouth. That is my... That is my, you know, that is me just saying that it's, you know, put up or shut up time and I want to put up. So no, no, no talking right now. It's playing time. It's about, you know, getting in there, getting into a fight with my drum set and making people have a, you know, <laughs> having a hell of a time. And it's just that it just helps me over amplify myself. That's the yep. easiest answer I can give you. It just, it just takes me there, you know, and that's how... It, Immediately after I end the show, I take it off and I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember shit, man. Every show, every show, I'm like, what the fuck did happen? It just happened. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, cool show, man. I'm like, okay, I guess it's cool. I just remember flashing lights and <laughs> some people going, woo, some people going, ah, and Mariana going like, what? Why? Which song is next? My set list got pulled from the guy in the first lane. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, it's something that we're also, you know, big Slipknot fans. So, my, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't took, took the idea from Slipknot, but I appreciate what they do and their artistry. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We're going to hit you with a quick challenge now. So, I'm going to ask cool. you um, four questions. And you got to come up with the answer quickly. And um, it's going to put you to the test. Are you ready? Okay. Go. Yeah. The first one was, uh, that got this one started was from uh, Metalhead, and he wanted to know who was the first female rock singer that you remember that had an impact on you. Both of you can answer. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, that seemed like a logical choice. I wondered if that yeah. would come up. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would say that had an impact on me, Amy Lee from Evanescence. But the first one I saw was Dora Pesh with uh, Motorhead. Oh, nice. Wow. Live in London. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I remember that chick going crazy, and I was like, damn. Nice. Dora is impressive. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah, she is. Okay, next one. If you guys could collaborate with any musician, alive or dead, who would it be? Oh, wait, we have a top. We have a top five for oh, that. Only one. <laughs> well, let's we okay. Let's hear your top five if you got it. We've already, you know, talked about that. It's mutual, so yeah, you, you so, go. Uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. Yep. Nice. Till Lindemann from Rammstein. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, Devin Townsend. Okay. Oh, Devin's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> Devin is. A, we met him, and he's an amazing dude. <laughs> Howard Jones. Oh, yes. oh, you're hitting you're hitting yeah. all my guys <laughs> <laughs> we might have you replace metalhead on the show you guys and uh maria brink from i mean this, this moment. moment 
Nice. I wondered if Esther would show up on there. Um, yeah. Since you said you're such a big fan, but. Which one? Uh, Chester. I thought oh. maybe he might show up on there. Oh, for yeah, sure. For sure. For sure. Have you guys Man. been uh, have you guys been checking out what Howard's doing with Light the Torch? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's amazing. All right. This one's for Odie. Yeah. Your uh favorite drummer all time. John Otto from Limp Biscuit. That dude knows how to groove. That is that is not an obvious choice, and I love it. He's, thank you so thank you so much. They that's a band, and I always it, he puts me in mind of another guy, um, Adrian Young from No Doubt. Yes, sir. Just because those two guys play so many different types of music in just like a set or an album, they can play anything, and they're both amazing. Exactly, and I get so. Every time I say that, I get so much shit for that answer, but if you, man, yeah, but I'm telling you, if you don't like John Otto's drumming, you don't like drumming. That dude knows how to make a song groove properly. Versatility, <laughs> versatility is always impressive in my book. Yeah, and that's why, and that's why I try to do as a drummer as well. I mean, not to ramble on, but literally I want to have, you know, a type of drumming that can go anywhere. I don't want one of my bandmates to go like, you know, let's do something a little bit more, you know, speed and be, and be like, oh man, that's like not me. Because, you know, like John Otto played samba and then hip hop. Yeah. I have to, you know, yeah. You know, I want to do that shit. Yep. So Excellent. yeah, John Otto, man. Yeah. All right. Mariana, favorite all time singer? Favorite all time singer? Uh, <laughs> male or female? Whatever. Oh. Sure. Whatever, but that. Um, <laughs> George Corpse Grinder from Cannibal <laughs> I believe it's uh, Jonathan Davis. From oh, cool. Okay. Because yeah. he, he really knows how to uh, really live every, every single uh, word that he sings. God, yes. It's he amazing has... how much, how courage that man has to put yes. himself out there through his... Uh, Art. Yep, I would agree with that 100%. He has the emotion that, I mean, it's what comes out of him is, I mean, you can feel the pain. You really yeah. can. Yeah. Okay, and this last one is for both of you. Yeah. So, you know, in a couple of years when you guys are huge and you're traveling the world, you're gonna throw, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna do a throwback, and you're gonna throw one cover song into your act. What's that song gonna be each week? Oh shit! <laughs> one cover song. God. Oh god. Oh, I'll, I'll cut the silence oh, out. God. Like a million <laughs> songs running through my head. I'm like a broken jukebox. <laughs> Maybe something from Pantera. Maybe from Pantera. Oh god, that's nice. That's a nice one. Yeah, because maybe a little they, uh, five minutes alone or something. No, we, we, we this is our warm up song. <laughs> Every time we're in the rehearsal space, we're like, okay, so where are we going? And it's that awkward thing where you like everybody looks at each other, and I just go, the cat, the cat, the cat, the cat, and everybody start playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe some Pantera. I mean, I wouldn't mind if we. Did also, you know, some Lincoln Park or maybe some yeah. some some corn, because you know, I mean, remember when we used to play blind? It would yeah. go off on that oh, shit. Nice. 
Yeah, okay, cool. uh, some something like that. Pantera, Linkin Park, maybe maybe Paper Cut or from Linkin Park or something for, for anything from Corn. I would say it's so hard to pick though. Ah, yeah. screw it. I'm going Paper Cut from Linkin Park. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> some of those songs could be really challenging for you, Mariana. Yeah, but you know, we're going to if if we ever did a, a cover, we would you know like adjust stuff. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have, you know, any restrictions on that, uh, on that department. We will do, we will bring it to our, you know, to our style. Whatever. You can she, do. She, awesome. she won't, she, she won't say, it, but I say it. She's, she's fucking crazy. She pulls a lot of things out of her bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's and it's amazing, you know, because we were talking about versatility. She's so good at, uh, even if she doesn't know something, she's a very quick learner, and she'll do it in a quality way and that's why i admire about her like when we played pantera and i just remember her being she didn't actually like you know pull like a phil anselmo like all like, screaming like loud stuff but she had this unique intensity about herself and that's why that's why you know i love playing playing music with her and so you know we never approach a song in a way that you know oh this is, has like you know screaming vocals in it or rap or whatever and what are we going to do like you know you'll do your thing and it's going to sound good Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. All yeah. right. Last uh, last opportunity here, Joe. You got anything? No, it's been a, an incredible conversation talking to people who are so passionate about not just art, but uh, being aware of the world that you live in and and connecting that to your songs and, uh, it, you know, being a, a new fan. And I think we all can just say we're so glad that we got a chance to talk to you about this stuff. It's 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 been a really this this time has gone quickly for me. So. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was it was cool for us yeah. too because you know we talked about some stuff that it's you know I think they're, they're they need to be said and they were interesting topics which is always nice for us to talk about and stuff like that. Yeah, awesome. So if uh, people decide that they want to check you out, where is the best place for them to go to pick up your music and to get some great merch? Um, a Bandcamp, of course. Uh, we have our page there. You can buy uh, the, all of our merch, T-shirts, uh, posters, our album, uh, both of our albums, uh, the Big Z. Of course, you know, Spotify. These are all the major platforms uh, where you can stream music, iTunes, Apple. And uh, I think that's it. Huh? Uh, yeah, course, yeah. On social media, Facebook, Instagram, you can contact us. We're always replying uh, messages from, you know, people who want to, you know, uh, share their thoughts with us. For example, with Respirator, there were a lot of people who uh, were sending us messages telling us that, you know, this helped us a lot during the quarantine and, you know, had some really great conversations, um, yeah, sure. you know, due to that song. And uh, we're really active there. So anybody who wants to reach us, they are free to, you know, like drop us a line there. That's awesome. Um, and I hope people do check you out. Um, you can tell you put a lot of great care into your music into your lyrics, into your meaning, and this mission um, of Project Renegade. So I'm so thrilled that um, your PR company reached out. And, Thank you. Because uh, otherwise, it might have gone right under the radar, and we would have missed out on this great opportunity. So yeah, I'm really excited about that. Thank, Thank, you, Thank you guys so much. Thank you. You betcha. Metalhead, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram, <laughs> at Metalhead Monday. Excellent. El Ray? uh l ray four on instagram go there you'll see some hiking pictures the 
aforementioned <laughs> hike. <laughs> awesome. And you can find me at Foggy's Pal on Twitter and Instagram and over at BreakTheForth.com. And you can find Wanderings and Wool Gathering on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and at Rock985.com. After you listen, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. It has been a great time. Thank you both so much for coming on tonight. Thank you very much Thank you guys. for inviting us. And I can't wait to see what you guys are going to do next. So Thank you. Until we'll next time, it. everybody. Bye now. See you guys. Bye. Bye. See you.